In this episode of Your Double Podcast, we are speaking to the CEO of Fair, Michael David Daniels. Fair is a co-parenting app that allows co-parents to effortlessly communicate, create a shared calendar while keeping track of expenses. It also helps co-parents to prepare legal documents and much much more. This is the second part of a two-part series with Michael and in the first part we talked a lot about the Fair app and how it helps in reducing conflicts between co-parents. But in this part we will talk broader topics such as choosing the right partner, managing conflict with your children or your co-parent, and introducing new partner to your ex-spouse and so much more. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. How do you explain uh, a divorce to your kids? Like what happened and all that? Because I know that's a touchy and a hard thing to do. And as someone who's gone through it and kind of stand, uh, you know, in public eyes as somebody who divorced and also created an app to solve all the issues that's coming out. From that, how did you explain to your kids like, hey, what happened between you and your wife? And yeah, well, I, my, we separated when my kids were very young. I mean, they were one and two. Um, they are now 14 and 15. Uh, but over the years, um, you know, I've uh, when questions have ar- arise, I, I there's nothing wrong with just telling your children the truth, which is you two are have are just incompatible with, uh, to be with each other. You guys have things that you're just not good together, but but that you, but that you you recognize some good qualities in your parent because clearly you wouldn't have procreated with them if you didn't see something in them at one point in your life. And, um, and, but you, so you just don't want to disparage their co-parent at any time. You really need to really got to show some self-discipline there. I see too many people who just, it's like, they're trying to win against, they're still in a fight with their co-parent and they're trying to win through their kids or using them as chess pieces, you know, in, in this big mastermind chess game. And they're going to, and, and they're going to get back at you in the long run because they're going to alienate you in some way. It may take them 10 years, but they just want to make sure by the time that these kids are old enough that, that they, and I see it a lot, actually, a lot, a lot of uh, kids just turn away from one parent. And that's kind of sad. Um, so, I mean, I don't know how to really say this because again, mine were young, so I didn't have to have the big sit down. I think it's really depends on the age of the children. I think if they're a little older, I think it, it, it is important to show that, that you're united and that you both love them it's not about them and they're not the ones to blame. I think that's the biggest problem is that kids always, always blame themselves. And that's really bad. So I think it's just sitting down with them and showing them that you two care about each other. Uh, as far as like you, you want the best for your co-parent because that person is going to be half of their lives. So I don't know. I, I think it's just, it's age appropriate. I think at some ages you, you inform them a little more, but never get into the weeds. And, and just stay away from anything inflammatory. Like I, I never respond with a single exclamation point. I don't use double question marks whenever I text or write to my co-parent. Everything's just got to be just cool, calm, collected. Again, brief, informative, firm, and friendly. Biff. I mean, it, it's it's so important, guys. I mean, w- women. You got to remember. W- w- you know, w- we're chemically different, right? I mean, people are men's brains and women's brains, believe it or not. I mean, everybody's a big spectrum of everything, right? But we, we are all chemically different people and, and, uh, we need to avoid, um, we need to avoid unnecessary escalation. That's all I can say. I'm curious, Michael, um, what do you think triggers this win mentality from a parent in terms of winning the child's like I'm winning? I, I, I think it's, I, th- I, th- I think it's a lot of it is just, um, you know, have the relationship in, do you feel like you lost in the relationship? I think people feel like I was, I've been, my ego has been hit and I need to get even 
that's kind of innate in us. We're, we're, we're competitors. We're, we're hunters. It, it, some people feel like they failed at something and it's hard for them to digest that. And so they have an innate need to strike back. And I, I tell people, I give them the, the analogy of, you know, look, it's, uh, it's, it's not the snake. It's not the snake's bite that kills you. It's chasing the snake that causes that venom to go to your heart. And that's what kills you. It's really chasing the snake. So when you've, when you've been bitten, <laughs> you know, and your, and your ego has been crushed, don't worry about getting even just be effective. I don't care about being right. If she, you know, I don't, if she says the, the sky's purple. I'm okay. You know, I, I just want to be effective. I don't care. I, I don't care. I, I used to try to look guys. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of all these things that I'm telling people not to do. I I've, I'm an evolution, you know, over time, I've just come to these realizations after 12 years of this stuff or 13 years now. So, you know, I'm, I'm just, um, I, I'm just a opinion of, I've got, four or five more years to just try to keep the, the ship sailing smooth so that we can get to our destination here. How long before was it before your former spouse and you were able to co-parent uh, without fighting or any kind of a, I don't think it's ever like that. Okay. I think, it, I think there, there are storms and there are calm seas, you know I mean? It just depends stormy and calm seas. And you just have to realize they can come at any time. I, so some of the people tell me, Oh, I don't need to use fair. My, my co-parent, I mean, I get along well with my co-parent. I'm like, man, I don't care if you're married and happy. I mean, you know, you can be in a smooth sailing situation, right. And, but you don't know what can come. A bad economy could come. You could lose your job. And now you don't have the money to send for alimony or child support like you could three months ago. Like there will be things that arise and you need to be prepared because you never know when you're back in court again. There have been times where I thought, oh, my gosh, that's it. It's over. We're, we're great. Oh, my gosh. You know, we're, we're going to birthday parties together and we're, you know, we're having dinners together and everything's going to be fine, you know. Boom. Give it another year and we're back in court again and we're blowing a bunch of money. It, it, it. <laughs> Anything can happen. So you, you, you just have to hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Wow. So it's basically a never-ending process until the kids are of age. Yeah, man. I mean, what, what isn't like that? You know, he's, it, it, I, don't, I don't think anybody achieves. I mean, maybe they do. Maybe some people do. But the vast majority do not. I'll tell you that. The vast majority do not. Um, new, new relationships come about. You never know that, the, the, you know, you could be perfectly happy with your co-parent, but, but then they just got into a new relationship and you find out that the guy just, you know, just beat and just, you know, spanked your kid. And you're like, listen, I don't want him spanking a kid. You know, you, you just don't know. There's things that happen. And then, of course, she's going to take the side of him because maybe she's financially dependent upon him. And so then you're, now you're in this, this conundrum again. And so I'm just saying, like, this stuff happens. Don't be naive. Um, we live in a world of, I tell people, even if you're married, you know, we live in a world of two bank accounts, two incomes, um, the, the finances are the number one reason people end up going towards divorce. And oftentimes that they resentment builds because they're like, you know what, my money's been going towards the mortgage and the bills. And you just bought a brand new Harley Davidson or something like this. And, and so there's a lot of resentment that builds in a world of two bank accounts, two incomes, uh, and trying to raise a child. So you know, and these are things that lead to conflict. Makes sense. And um, I'm actually quite curious. Do the I know you covered that the parents get to use the application, and the judges can have certain access to see the communication as well. But do the children get to use the application as well? Yeah, um, that is something. Uh, going back to what was asked earlier, like uh, that's in development. I, I was on the fence on that for a while, but now I think that it, it's actually good for the children, maybe third-party users. There's also situations where I may be remarried and I want, and my co-parent is incurring expenses. So that is, that's, that's a 2022 um, release that, that, that will be uh, done next six months or so. Um, but yeah, that, that's, you know, so when you set up the account for them, they're not going to, you'll set their permissions. So maybe I want to give my co-parent permissions on, you know, inputting expenses, but I don't want to ever give them permissions to see like the, the, the messaging per se, you know, I don't want the kids to ever see the messaging. I just want the kids to see the co-parenting calendar, you know, not the expenses. Right. It's, yeah. So drive it through permissions. Yeah. Pretty cool. Nice. Right. Yeah. Uh, Michael, uh, something that you say that I want to elaborate a bit 
uh, I want you to elaborate a bit on is that uh, the fact that you know how uh, once you you get into a co-parent agreement and then when you have a new partner, things can go uh, sideways. I'm just wondering what happens if say that uh, you have a, say you have a new wife and then your wife spends some money on the kids. Where does that go? Like, how did how does that get tracked into the app? Yeah, well, that's what that's what we we're just uh, commenting on is that when I add third party users, I would be able to add uh, my new wife as a third party user, and I would set her permissions to uh, the expense tracker. Um, any yeah, you just set their permissions. That's what will happen. But currently, no. Currently, it would have to be a situation of you know your new wife would say, "Hey, I I I bought the shoes today for for Janie." Well, you um, here's the receipt, and then I'd have to input it. You know, I just have to. That, that's what is right now. I don't have third party users on there right now, and really because it's been for legal purposes, uh, in the sense that. But I think with third party users, we'll still get around that. I think I'll still be fine. I just didn't want to incite problems. Uh, it was mostly for these are two litigants in the process of of a of a court motion case. And I just wanted it to be very cut and dry because this is who the judge has his microscope on, you know. So I, I didn't, I didn't involve anybody else. But I think we're at the point now where this would be very beneficial. You say that uh, nowadays in the U.S., uh, people have more awareness of the importance of having fathers in the child's life, mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. that is interesting because I have the opposite opinion because I think uh, nowadays uh, in most media and. Uh, most uh, mainstream stuff, uh, fathers are kind of quote unquote useless. So, but, well, but that's, I, that's I my opinion. That. That's my opinion. Like, meaning maybe I'm like my YouTube algorithm have only showed me those kind of stuff, you know. But with that, all the deadbeat, all the deadbeat dads, or something. No, not like only that. that. It's um, like uh, more and more like independent women who are getting celebrated. I have nothing against that. But then they kind of say like, "Hey, guys, are not shit. Uh, guys ain't shit." Like, uh, you know, yeah, the message yeah. is such that I'm a powerful woman. Hashtag single mom, uh, I don't know, boss woman, whatever, right? I'm just throwing out words now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, well, I mean, but I'm wondering, yeah, like, I, I know exactly what you're yeah, saying. But, and I, I know. But this might not make it to the podcast. So if you're going to say something controversial, don't worry. I'll edit it out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I was just thinking about that actually, as you're saying that, like, how do I want to respond to this? Um, Cause I agree that there is a bit of a, of a thing where men are just supposed to be stupid and incapable and irresponsible and forgetful. And, and, and Right. Like, oh man, they're just so dumb. Women are know everything. Women are better than guys. And every we're the butt of every joke when it comes to stuff. And it's like, it's sacrilegious to, to say anything uh, that women do anything wrong. Where in reality, I would say women are starting to depart from their, uh, from that traditional level of responsibility that, that, uh, that they used to show. I mean, women, this used to be their whole world, but now you're seeing women want to party a lot more than they did before. Women are much more into social media has done it. I think social media has caused them to become um, less. Yeah, I do too. I, I, I completely blame Instagram. I, I think they they're all in competition with their other girls and they all want to. And so kids are becoming less of a thought, you know, I mean, you, you know, you, you only have so much time in a day, right? So if you're spending so much time thinking about, you know, something on Instagram, that's less time that you're focused on your kid. That's for sure. And Instagram is more of a female dominated platform than, than male. That's just a fact. So uh, I don't know what to say other than I, I think men have stood up are a heck of a lot more involved with their children today than they were before. Men are fighting. There are men's of rights groups here. The, the Actually, the NPO, the National Parenting Organization here in America, they, they've got chapters in many states. I mean, almost probably more than half the states that are fighting legislation to make, uh, you know, men's rights with children to be uh, on equal playing field. Um, They're really trying to overturn the traditional, uh, you know, assumption that women are the right parent for the children to be with. So these movements didn't exist 20, 30 years ago. So it's changed a lot and it it keeps going that direction. Men are doing a lot better, um, as far as their their level of interest in, in being fathers than they used to be, I, I would argue that men have always been very family oriented. But now, it's, I think um, 
Well, I'm saying in, in the divorce, okay, oh. I think most men just threw up their hands. I had this mm-hmm. discussion with one of the board members at the NPO, and she's, you know, she's a big believer in collaborative law. I don't know if you've heard about collaborative law yet or not, but um, so she's, she says, you know, the problem is, is that, is that men feel, uh, th- th- you know, look, you, you just, you just lost your, probably just lost your house, you lost half your whatever, you know, like you, you just went through this divorce thing. And now you feel like a second class citizen, a second class parent, you're not the primary. And so as a, def- and, and most men, we like to feel we, most people, I'm not saying men, I don't want to totally stereotype it like that, but most people want to feel like, like they're, they're important. Like they have relevance that their word means something. And when you feel like you're railroaded, what do you do as a defense mechanism? You withdraw, you actually encourage, you create an environment to encourage men to withdraw emotionally and go create another family and go have, you know, and and then that kid just kind of becomes somebody I see you once a month, you know, one weekend a month or maybe two weekends a month, but they've withdrawn from that child emotionally. Because because it's it's set up from the very beginning that the woman that, that the mom is you know primary custody. So I think shared custody, the assumption that both of you are are, are entitled to this child child equally, has a psychological effect for the better. Absolutely agree with you. I would say that if, if the president is that the fact that men are going to get less time with the child emotionally you do withdraw you most people think that men don't have emotions and don't have feelings it's just that we bottle it up in a way that like i don't want to get hurt more after going through entire divorce proceedings where as you said men go through a lot of financial hardship and then the emotional hardship of losing their family and then their child and then look down upon like hey well you know, you're you're a, you're a male gender, therefore, um, there's no way you can be a caretaker to a child. It's somehow it's like it's they're incapable of it, right? Um, well, I, I agree with the child's right. an infant. However, I I, th- I think at certain levels, especially if they're breastfeeding, that's kind of hard for you to <laughs> a little insurmountable. But but no, I I I I mean, I, I again, I had my children. Uh, they were two and three when really going through it. And I think three and four by the time we settled. So, I mean, I, I had majority for, I mean, I, I've enjoyed majority custody, uh, majority time sharing. We're, we're technically 50, 50, but because I live a mile from the school and she lives, you know, 45 wow. miles from the school. I mean, I, I, I generally have, uh, I've, I've had by far majority custody over the years and, and I've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it, but obviously I don't think at, when they were, you know, one, one year, one year old and two year old. And that, that was a little harder. They really had more needs that I couldn't really necessarily. What would, what were, uh, what age were they when they were the most enjoyable? Oh man, that's so hard to say, you know, it's, it's funny. Like, uh, they, they just surprise you, right? Like my daughter is on the wrestling team at high school, right? <laughs> How crazy is that? I mean, she's out there wrestling and I never, and that blew my mind, you know, but, but she, she's such a daddy's girl. You know, I, I was a state champion in wrestling and, uh, you know, I, I was, you know, was all American in certain sports. And it's just amazing to see my daughter wanting to, to be like me. And I never would have imagined that. Whereas my son's much more introverted, like all these, all these guitars and banjos and mandolins and everything piano back here. Like my son just plays everything. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. I don't know what to say. You, you look at different aspects of every age and you miss it all. So I, you know, enjoy it, man. As it goes by fast. Indeed it does. Very cool. What advice would you give to individuals like myself? Um, who have a hostile ex-spouse who perhaps would not want to use the application. Well, I I deal with this a lot, a lot. Uh, I I get this a lot. So what I, what I just tell people is, look, you know, you, there's nothing you're going to be able to do to make a person use something they're just not ready to communicate constructively. So the best thing you can do is you use it on your own. And when things escalate, you go to a judge and say, hey, 
I've, uh, I've, I've, judges actually appreciate when they see that this one person has invited you to join this conversation to avoid being here in front of this judge. He's like, you, you mean to tell me this one guy over here has, has offered to pay for your app, has offered to pay for it. He just wants you guys to both participate in something that will, that, that will deescalate these kind of conflicts and not waste my time. Because judges, believe it or not, at least here, four to 5,000 cases on their docket at any given time. Four to 5,000 cases on their dockets at any time. So they, they hate the, net, the unnecessary ridiculousness of most of these high-conflict people. And when they see that one person has taken steps and invited the other person and the, and the person has turned it down, well, you're going to win by default. And then I assure you, it is going to get written into the settlement agreement, and then they're going to be forced to use it. Wow. At least in, at least here they would. I don't know about other countries. Gotcha. Uh, wow. That's a lot of cases per judge. Yes. Well, that's Miami-Dade, which is the third largest uh, circuit in the country. I mean, New York's number one, Los Angeles is number two, and Miami-Dade's wow. number three. So, yeah. That, that, I mean, obviously, it wouldn't be that way in, you know, I don't know, <laughs> Arkansas. <so>. I know. <laughs> I understand Wow. Okay. And I'm, I guess this is a little bit off topic. Sorry for that. Do you happen to know the, the metrics in terms of who are the high conflicts in terms of gender by any? Oh, in terms of gender, okay. no, I, I don't, I don't know. You know I, it, generally, I try to stay away from the, from the gender baiting when it comes to this subject, because you, I, like, that's the reason one, like in Planet of the Apps, I really wanted uh, a, to partner with Gwyneth because I didn't want this to be like some kind of, you know, men's re- dad's revenge app. You know what I mean? I, I just, because bottom line is there's some really Absolutely. shitty dads out there, you know, you know, and there's some fantastic moms and there's some shitty moms, you know? So it, you just, I don't, I wanted to balance it out. So you have a, you know, you have her and then here's me. And so, yeah, it, I don't know. I, I try not to dive in, into any of that stuff really, because in the end, it's it's case by case. Understood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, I think it'll be kind of awesome to have the kids uh, be able to also keep a private journal, because sometimes uh, things can happen when you're divorced, and then like you know, the kids will have a way to document any kind of bad experience if they had it. Although the co-parent might not know about it, and I, I mean, I know that because I talk to a lot of parents who get alienated, uh, who's divorced at some kind of visitation, but they get like you know five hours a, a month kind of thing. I've I talk to a lot of like those kind of cases, which is quite crazy. And I think if the kids can document it when you go to the court, and because your app is admissible in court, that would be awesome. So in the case they get like you know spanked or like you know uh, by the new uh, husband or wife, then they can take a picture and save it there. So when you go to the court, the judge can log log in and see everything. So right now I have that for our private notes. The thing I would be worried about there is a child's testimony of something. One, there's a lot of judges who won't even talk to children. They find it to be too traumatic. They don't want to put a child on a bench where they feel like they have to choose between their mom and their dad. It's it's very uh, considered to be emotionally traumatic. And so judges try not to, they won't even consider a child's opinion until they're 12. And they won't even put them on a bench usually until they're probably 14 to 16 because they just don't want them to be in that situation. Yeah, uh, You know that movie, Catch Me If You Can? Do you remember that movie? Yep. Tom Hanks and Leonardo, uh, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio. Yep. So uh, what was his name? Abagnale, Frank Abagnale is his name. Yeah. So I, I like, I've watched him before uh, give a speech about why he ran away that day. He was literally in the courtroom when the judge was cornering him, asking him to choose between his parents. He was 16 at the time. And it was such an emotional thing for him that he ran outside that courtroom. And that's the day he ran away. It was from the court that day. Yeah, and he that kept running till the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he never did see his father again. That was the last time he saw his father. Uh, so, I mean, the, certain parts of the movie were not true. But but it's just my point in bringing it up is that even at 16 years old, you, you see that the pressure when a child loves both their parents and you put that kind of pressure on them. So I guess and the other thing that would worry me is that if you do have a child's account, how easy is it for one parent to get it to grab go grab that kid's phone and to log something fraudulent? And then that could carry a lot of weight in a courtroom if it was done in, uh, feloniously. And you know they will. <laughs> you, you know there are enough crazy people out there who they will do stuff like that. 
So I, I, I like the idea of a journal. I, I'm, I'm worried about it being manipulated by one parent or another, you know, uh, in, in my private journal, I log those things. Hey, I'm, you know, as soon as you log, it knows the day, time, date, and stamp. But yeah, you know, I, I would log something like that. And then I can upload a picture and it's saved in my private journal, which is not shared, obviously. Whereas the file vault is shared between both co-parents. So there I have like their birth certificates, and their social security numbers, and I have our time sharing plan, um, our settlement agreement. And you can upload PDFs, uh, images, or notes into the uh, file vault. And uh, it's, it's very helpful um, to, to keep things, you know, like how many times you get accused of, where are the insurance cards? I told you to send me the insurance cards. He's at the hospital now. And if it's in the file vault, you will both you, have access to it. Uh, well, you brought a, a very good point about uh, this data being used fraudulently because uh, like uh, in here, uh, we struggle with this point greatly. And the judges will pay zero attention to the most ridiculous of things uh, you know, that uh, children will write. Basically, there will be a child of five years old, but uh, he will write awards, sentences of Harvard level. And the judge will admit, the judge will admit all of these things like legit, no no questions asked. So this this is something, something really to, to think terrible. about. And, and oftentimes, if they admit it and then they refuse to even cross-examine the child, which I understand you do not want to involve children, that's horrible. That's why I would make a motion to appoint a guardian, a guardian at litem in that kind of case, because you do I would challenge that all day long, especially like what you're saying. That that absolutely scary to me. So I would never want to put that on FAIR's platform. Um more that more now that I think about it. I don't think I'd really want to involve uh children because again, it'll get so manipulated. And, and it's not verifiable anyway. The court would have to appoint a guardian at litem to, you know, to go or a child therapist, something like that, to actually get this information um, ascertained. And I mean, if anybody did that to you, I mean, you, I would push hard to have that information verified through a child or, you know, family, uh, cl- a, cl- a, clini- a clinician of some kind. Uh, specializing in that field or guarding it. I, I, I don't know how, the, uh, you know how successful you will be everywhere else, probably a lot, but uh, in this particular country, you know, it will be fi- you'll be finding in vain because uh, anything, anything, even the most ridiculous of things gets admissed. Nobody checks them. And even sometimes when you call for a set professionals, uh, there will be, you know, those professionals will come and they will become professionals at that point in that instance in whatever they are, they're going to, to want to be professionals at. There's no accountancy of, of any kind whatsoever. It's just basically, you know, Wild West of 200 years ago in America. Yeah, basically it's, what uh, Thomas is saying that, say that since I'm doing this podcast, I can go there and say, like, hey, I'm a co-parent expert, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this, uh, you know, I, I'm... I'm I'm telling you from my own personal experience and I met unfortunately one too many one too many you know uh especially foreign uh parents you know uh women and men alike who who had been uh, through the courts and you know when you hear these stories it's just the most ridiculous of things you know science fiction is not that ridiculous what you will get through family court in Japan is is like the next level stuff. So it's funny. So so this issue you mentioned, you know, about the fraudulent usage, like in in this particular market, I I would uh, I would uh, against that future like one hundred percent. It cannot even enter the mind because it, it you know instead of bringing one percent good, it will just break break that thing on that spot. Period. You cannot fix it no more. Yeah, I understand. It's a good point. And and Enrique probably can can second me uh, second me on on this point plenty. Yeah, Enrique just finished like a series of like uh, court cases uh, with his wife, right? So he's like it's like fresh with him kind of thing. Yeah, that's tough. I've, 
I know, man. I've, I've been there. How many years do you have left, Enrique? My daughter is five years old. I haven't seen her in two and a half years. So, wow. Man, this is, and this is, this is incredible. I mean, you, you were married, right? I am officially divorced at this point. Well, but the point is you were married when you had the child. You had your yes. See, this is yes. what's incredible to me. I actually have a cousin right now about to go through it. So he was not married. They, they lived together and he took care of her through the pregnancy and child up until the age of 10 months. But he never filed for patern- paternal rights. So even though he was taking care of him, I mean, she didn't work or anything like that. He took care of him. Everything. But he didn't file for paternal rights. And then she, she skipped the country, you know, and with, with, with the baby. Now, fortunately, with, with Florida, because the child was born in Florida and, um, you know, so he, he's going to the court now to file for paternity and, and she could get, you know, extradited back to the U.S. to show up in our courts to go through our system because they, so th- there is a little more accountability in the U.S., but it sounds to me, especially in Japan here, uh, boy, it's, it is the Wild West. It seems like they don't, they don't take this subject matter very seriously to enforce it. It's pretty, that's too bad. What a shame. Not at all. Um, I'm not sure about your cousin, but and what the laws are in Florida, but when my daughter was born in California, the state of California, how great it is. Um, my wife at that point in time, she had full discretion of who she gets to include as the father is right on the birth certificate. And she almost didn't include my name. Um, is that something that can happen in Florida, that mothers get full discretion? Yeah, yeah that becomes problem because then you have to prove paternity it's it's one thing to file for paternity it's another thing to prove paternity that that makes it even worse so my cousin i remember we, they weren't married yet and i knew enough about this to tell him make sure you're on the birth certificate and i also knew this thing was going downhill fast i mean he, you know guys are they never want to listen to friends or family but you know they all run into it and um you know but i i knew and i told him you make sure you're there and you're on the birth certificate so he did and so thankfully, he's on the birth certificate, which is why he can go ahead and enforce this now, because once he files for fraternity, I mean, he, it means he also now has to start paying child support legally, which he's been paying anyway. He loves his kid. But but now he'll be uh, legally obliged to, to pay child support, which no problem. But he just wants to assure that she comes back here, has to live within the vicinity, and he can enjoy uh, parental uh, rights to the child. I completely understand. May I ask which country did she uh, did she flee to? Uh, Panama. Panama. Gotcha. Goodness, I, I thought you would say Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas is about to be like, "Don't worry, he's gone. That baby's gone. <laughs> Your cousin will never see him again." <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, that, that's what happened if she were. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, she would have gone to Japan. Like dropping your watch in the in the Pacific Ocean. It's gone. <laughs> Forget about it. That's correct. And, you know, you know half half of what you just covered is is absolutely unheard, ununderstandable, unknown. And I don't know how many years they will need to study Harvard and whatever other clever universities at to even grasp the concept, let alone understand it. Uh, understanding probably two, three centuries later. I think it starts with the court system, the accountability. I mean, you know, we all know the rules to any game that we start playing. Well, when there are no rules, we don't really care. But when the rules get set, that's when people become more mindful of co-parenting. Because when you've been, when the court systems make, you know, start enforcing some of the, this kind of stuff, that's when people realize, okay, I, I need a co-parenting app because if I got caught without one, this is going to be bad for me. So I, I think the fact you don't have enough rules established over there is, is, is probably a big portion of the problem. 100%. I think the laws are there, but they're not enforced. And, um, and the, the culture? Uh, the culture is, is is really really something something different altogether. You know, Japan is Correct. Japan is infamous uh, about being uh, insulatory country, but some some uh, things are so insulated from the rest of the world that it it seems like downright alien. Yeah, to us. Uh, I have a, two questions here that I took down just now uh, about co-parenting. Right, so there's few things that are. Uh, 
throughout this podcast that I've learned. Number one is that uh, co-parenting will go well, but sometimes when you have a new partner in the mix, it's really hard to like uh, bring it back to balance. So I'm just wondering in your own experience, if you are remarried or, or like you have a new partner, how did you uh, bring it to the kids and also your ex-wife and how did that go? Any advice on people who are in a similar situation as, as what we described? Well, that's a great question. I mean, that is such an important thing that I think people need to give a hell of a lot more thought to. In fact, that that when I told you earlier uh, that we want to incorporate those little videos I told you about, instructional videos, continuing co-parenting communication, uh, uh, education, uh, that's one big thing I want to talk about. Some people are addicted to love, right? They're just, you know, look, they just got broke up and, you know, you, you have to have that bond. Yeah, right. People are. And they, and they just come in and out of these different relationships. They have to get another one really quickly and they move way too fast. In fact, the, the stats there, 90% of people who the people, uh, if you meet somebody within three months of your divorce, 90% of those relationships fail. That's a 90% failure rate. So because your head, your head during that time, you're scrambled eggs. It's just a mess up there. It's it, it. You're not thinking right. You're in a very bad emotional spot and just, and look, it just never works out. And that's fine. Okay, you want to get back into that. You need that. But don't bring it around your kids. Like, don't bring that stuff around your kids. And, and I think that needs to be something that's even discussed. I think it's great when parents have those conversations with each other. You know, they say, listen, we're breaking up. Why don't, can we both agree that if we start dating other, other people that we're not going to, neither one of us is going to bring these people around our children unless the relationship is... I mean, at least I like to say a year, but at least six months, depending on whatever your threshold is for this stuff. But um, but what if your ex-wife says that, hey, you don't dictate my life anymore? I'm, that's why you're saying, I can, can we agree? I'm going to live up to it too. I'm going to, these are, are you, you know, try to involve them in the conversation because you're right. These people don't want to take any advice from you. So don't say it in that way. You're saying, uh, I mean, she probably appreciate you not doing it too. Like, who's that other bitch in my kid's life? You know, like, you know, so, so I mean, like, yeah, I think I think it's important to be take that into consideration. Um, you're not asking their approval on who they date, or you're not you're not saying you need my approval to date somebody, um, but you're just saying why don't we both agree that we're we're going to have certain boundaries of of who comes into our child's child's home. In fact, most of the studies of that of sexual abuse and domestic violence on on children. It's not necessarily that that new person, but it's who's in that new person's life. Who's their who's their you know son? They may have their own kid who's a teenage kid who abuses your kid, or they they have a sibling, or they have somebody in their in their sphere that ends up abusing your your kids. So it's important to consider this stuff, and that's the that's what I really want to educate people on. So that fair, and I'm going to call it BFF, be, be fair families. So Be Fair Families is going to produce content to give you these one-minute push notifications a daily. And if you digest it daily, you're earning fair points. And, and I want I want to be the one to inform you guys about this stuff so you don't have to do it, you know, so it doesn't have to come from the other parent. So anyway, that, that, that's where I think I could really differentiate myself um, in, in the space. Uh, but yeah, to just get back to your question, I, I am uh, not remarried. Um, you know, I have, I have dated, uh, before. And again, I've, I've been very good about keeping that stuff very separate from my children. Uh, my co-parent is remarried. Um, there was some bad things early on that were, you know, caused a lot of tension. Um, uh, but, but, you know, in the end, I, you know, the thing I'm most grateful for, and she's had some doozies as far as men that she's dated. I mean, some real doozies, but, uh, and I don't want to share it here public or anything like that but but at least th- this what i ask for is you treat my children well uh, you know you don't abuse them you don't emotionally or you know verbally abuse them or anything like that and i i like the fact that you know he's a, he's a law-abiding citizen who's a you know who's got some standing re- and respectable in life and that's all i can ask for you know that, that's it because you can't tell that person how to live their life no more than they can tell you so if they treat your kids well um, look, things could be a lot worse. Yeah. I mean, if, if the messaging in the app is, is stating statistics, real studies, and they're all out there, all these studies are out there. So the, the app is just giving you daily mindfulness videos. I mean, it, mindfulness is such a big thing today, right? I mean, like depression, mindfulness, it's like every fortune 500 company is making their employees watch mindfulness videos and pass little mindfulness tests in order to work with each other in the workspace. 
well, how much more is important to work to, to get some mindfulness before you're going to court with somebody whose guts you hate? You know, I mean, these people hate each other and their children are locked in between this. And I think mindfulness would videos would really serve them well. And if you're rewarding it with fair points and I, like, I, I really want to go approach companies like Royal Caribbean and say, you know, hey, if, can somebody come here and redeem their 100,000 fair, fair points for a 5% discount to go make memories with their kids, you know? And I think you could get those affiliate partnerships set up with all kinds of companies. And, uh, and it would be, it'd be really, really cool. Right. And something else uh, that I have noticed talking to parents who are divorced is also like, you know, when you have uh, two different families and now you guys divorced but co-parenting, there's uh, very mm-hmm. subtle things like, hey, I don't like my kids to be dressed up and putting makeup on and all that. I know that you like it and you do it with my kid, but I want my daughter to be at least 12 before she exposed to all this kind of stuff. You know, there's, there's those kind of subtle level uh, discussions that need to happen. Yeah. And that is something that a lot of my guy friends who are like, you know, divorced and all this, they have the problem with, they're like, hey, I don't like my daughter being there when she's uh, talking about certain things with her friends, you know? And I'm like, yo, bro, I'm not, I'm not in your family. I don't know why you're complaining to me. I don't have answers for this, right? So I'm wondering what is the right way to go about those kind of things. And the same way, like, uh, like it can happen in the opposite as well. So like, if you're a female, you might be like, hey, I don't like the guys that uh, you hang out with and play games with my kids around. Like these guys are like, you know, my, these guys are like very rowdy or like, you know, very violent yeah. and, they, and they watch uh, or they be like, I don't know. I'm just like throwing out examples now, but I think you do get yeah. the point. So how do you I do. discuss I and, do. Uh, and and figure out that? Because I think that's a yeah. very hard thing to do. And you, you as somebody have gone through it. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that you will give an answer that I, I can play to well, that. You, you, you want to choose your time, right? You want to choose your time to approach your co-parent. It, 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 you know, you may want to choose a time where, where they're kind of grateful for something maybe you had just done. And maybe that's the time to approach the subject. Uh, timing is everything, right? In all negotiations. So, and my, my advice would be, if you know some things that are very, look, they're not that big of a thing. If, you, if, if she doesn't like, you know, uh, if you've got a rowdy friend who maybe has a, a, a sort of a rough past or whatever, who she doesn't like coming over to your house or being around her kids, use that as, as a bargaining chip. You know, be like, hey, you know, again, timing's important. And I would I would try to sit down and try to have those conversations. Say, you know, I think uh, makeup, uh, can, uh, can, you know, can we agree that maybe uh, makeup? And I try, try, try to approach it from a, you know, makeup's not that good for the skin. I think everybody knows that. And so, you know, I think we maybe we should uh, wait till she's of a ma- more mature age. Let's just say 14 before she starts using makeup to go to school or something like that. And, and maybe can we agree that the makeup is maybe just a little bit of like, lipstick or, or what i don't know something that's not so I, I don't know much about makeup but just something that's that, that's entry level you know or, or i don't want her with a nose piercing or like I'm, i've got piercing rules you know i don't want a lot of things i mean you know it's tough guys because they're raising that kid too that's a different home different set of values and um all you can do is be the best influence you can be when they're in your home and carrying your rules. Kids know my, my kids know the things they can get away with in my house and they know the difference in the rules in their mom's house. And um unfortunately I'm not in charge of what happens over there. Um but it, but if if I could, if I could make a deal on something that's not a big ask, you know, if, if she doesn't like my cousin who's you know, kind of crazy and uses profanity, you know, bad language. And she doesn't want him, him around the house and the kids are here. Um, well, I mean, that's my family member. It's a little harder to say yes to, to that one, but um, I don't know. I, I, everything's a negotiation, right? It's bargaining. Absolutely. Well, it's a good question because I never really, I never really thought all this stuff out, quite frankly. I, I know I've been through these, these things before, but it's interesting in, in a podcast to share my thoughts on that because um, I, I know I've had all of these things, but I've been pretty unsuccessful in getting her to um, do anything that I would request. Cause it's like an opportunity for her to stick it to me, you know, by saying no, you know, out of, out of curiosity, was it you who, who initiated the divorce proceedings or was it her? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I'm the one who filed uh, in the sense that, you know, I served her papers. Um, but I mean, I mean, the, the separation was happening and I mean, she was going to file on me, but I wanted it to happen in my county, not her county. So it was strategic on my part, you know. 
it's, it's kind of like, you, you know, you're going to get attacked. So you send a sack, <laughs> you know, a preemptive attack. Right. And uh, also, like, how how did you get over the the emotional stress that uh, you went through during divorce? You seem to be a, quite a balanced dude. That is that is important because you see, like, uh, guys like Enrique and, like, you know, even Thomas, they are going through it in a different version, but somewhat similar. So what kind of advice do you have for fathers who are going through divorce, separation, and all that? And, and I'm not asking uh, well, for dating advice. I'm just asking, like, you know, as a person kind of thing. Yeah. So I think some people, everybody's different. So I, I, I would definitely recommend men go work out, go be physically active, get in a routine where you get your mind focused. Cause you know, the, the mind endorphins are so good for you. I mean, getting out there and whatever it is, jogging, walking, lifting weights, go do things that make you feel that build your body up. Cause your body, it will be a, become a reflection of your mind. Honestly, it'll do good things. It'll make you feel better, get your confidence up. Cause it's, it's a real emotional shot across the bow. You know, again, we talked about those egos earlier. Like we all have an ego. We all hate losing. And, um, it feels like a loss. It feels like a failure. And, uh, but I, I say, just get busy. I was, I was I was starting a company. I was building a company. I got busy with that. I worked out a lot. I I spent time with my friends. I um, I also you know I was actually like you know you're devastated. Oh, the world's over. And, oh, you know all this kind of stuff. You feel like this is so bad because this person uh, you know doesn't want to be married to you anymore. That sort of thing. Well, like I, I, my father was had just been diagnosed with with cancer at this time. So at this point, I was 30 years old. So this is. Uh, 12 years ago. Yeah. So I was 30. So, um, my father was diagnosed with cancer and he, he died four months later. So I was like, you know, at one point I'm like, you know, here I am feeling sorry for myself over this woman. And here I have my dad, like the only, is my mom again, came down with brain cancer when I was 11. So here's my dad, like this one parent I had him, like, he's about to go the hell with this woman. who doesn't want to like, what does that mean? It gave me perspective. It like really shook me up. And then I got focused on enjoying the last four months of, of time I had with my dad. And, and, and then you start to realize, you know what? This meant so much to me. Now I'm a dad. Let, let me be that to these kids. And then it just completely annihilated her from my mind. And I could just treat it like a business after that. But my, my big advice would be don't let anybody live rent-free in your head. Like, like don't waste your time worrying about what they're doing. They want to break up with you, say, all right, cool. You move on. And frankly, that attitude, not trying to be a martyr, not like trying to oh, suck up to them, that makes them almost step back and say, what? Like, Does he already have somebody? Like, it'll, it'll cause them to start freaking out, you know? Like, it's a psychological. Yeah, no, I'm serious, man. It, it, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how that works. You just brush it off. Be strong. Go. Well, it's easy. It's easy to brush them off, uh, but you know, when, once children are involved, you're you're kind of like, yeah. You're, at you're at least in this part of the world, you're kind of like stuck and stuck for for good. Yeah, you're stuck in this part of the world too. It, it, unless you want to be a deadbeat dad who doesn't care and disappears. Um, yeah, no, you're 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 totally yeah. You're stuck with them, but. You know, you, you set your boundaries. I think fair is a great way to do that. It's just, it's a great boundary setter. Like I, I don't, I don't have letter. She can't text me. Everything has to be done through a certain thing. Cause I just don't want the escalation. I, every time we get, get too close, any little thing triggers, they look, they're always looking for something to escalate. So I, I keep that boundary set. And um, I mean, and what's crazy for me is guys, I've been through so many of these things, like eight of them. And um, wait, you were divorced they, eight times. I've been through it eight times, man. Yeah. Wait, go, you were go. divorced eight times? No, no, no. It's it's not. It's court motions. Oh, okay, cool. I was like, holy shit. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Like this guy, he just doesn't learn. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, like no, no. I've been through court. Yeah, because like, again, court motions for modification. Uh, you know, enforcement or most of the time it's modification time sharing or, or financial modifications, things like that. And so, uh, yeah, when you have to go through those financial disclosures and you're, they're digging up through all your, your, your finances left and right, and you're going through this stuff, it, 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 it is, it is really traumatic. And you, when you've been through it eight times, like you start to just not care anymore. You start to realize that, ah, 
you know what? So what, you know, it's, it's just another one of these uh, lawsuits and I don't let myself get emotionally invested in it anymore. I just don't, I don't care. And, um, and I've, and I've won every one of them. I've never lost. And that's what's, and I guess that's probably what, you know, keeps it going too, because they're always looking for a win, you know? We're, we'll invite you to Japan. There, there you will start. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in Japan, it's like that bad. Like men just never win. Men never win anything. Man, you know, co- complicated. Really, really. Fun. Unless you're Japanese uh, against foreigners, that's a different story. But Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, like, like that bad. Man, you guys, I'm so curious to, to know. I want to get off, uh, get off here. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to. Yeah. So, you know, like uh, something that I'm concentrating a lot in the app is to educate people on alienation, gaslighting and things like that, where, where children get influenced by another parent through the story they created. Like, you know, uh, say that, uh, that the divorce is because of some kind of adultery. I don't know. Just throw it out there. Right. And then they'd be like, you know, your dad is a bad person. He treated me like uh, domestic violence and all this. But none of it happened. It's just adultery and you're like, cool, I fucked up. Let's end this, end this and just take care of the kids. Right? So let's say that happened. And then they will be like, yeah, your dad is a bad man and all this kind of stuff. Or they'll be like, your mom is like a bitch. She's a slut and all these things can happen, right? And they'll try to like uh, do a lot of gaslighting through the way. Uh, so I'm wondering if, say that in a co-parenting thing, there's a lot of gaslighting that's happening. How do you address it? Well, I would document. I make a big deal out because that that's that's emotionally and abusive to the children. To to call your other to, to I would document it and I would I'd get a I'd take them to a therapist. You know, one of these court therapists that that will uh, share their recommendations to a court. And you got You got to nip that one in the bud. You can't allow that to go on for eighteen years or however long you have left because that that is doing some very look. Children know that they are half that parent. So when when you start uh, defaming them like that, especially when just making shit up. I mean, I, I just wouldn't tolerate that. You you got to set the bar. You got to let them know you're not messing around. You say that kind of stuff, and now look at this. I I just took you to court and put you in and and beat you into submission. Like just that's when you just guns blazing, man. Don't let them do right. that. Okay. And my last question here is that uh, so most of our episodes will get anything from twenty to forty thousand hits. And then an episode like uh, what we're doing mm-hmm. with yours, where it's more like co-parenting and all that, normally you'll get like in the higher side. So is there any message or anything that you want to share with our uh, listeners? Anything like open floor for you to say anything you want? And normally it's the last question, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it'd probably be like, uh, realize that who you have children with is the biggest decision you'll make in life. And I see way too many guys, man, just look for red flags and you, you kind of need to treat like, you know, any, you know, you, you get involved in business. Every, everybody in business knows this. Like you need to look for every reason why this won't work. And, and if you run out of, so it's, it's like the, you need to be really critically minded of the person you're with. I don't care how hot they are. I don't care how much you think you're in love. Uh, you need to make sure that you click on values. Number one, your values have got to be aligned uh, before you choose somebody. This person is going to be the other half of your children. And so your values have got to be aligned. You want to look for commonality. Uh, you, you want to be an emotional and an intellectual equal with this person uh, because you do not want to go through a, a divorce. You don't want to put your kids through that if you don't have to. Otherwise, don't get married. It's just don't, don't do it. Um, too many people, man, it's the, the, the rates are through the roof. So my advice would just be basically that. Um, you can, I mean, you, you can date whoever you want. That's great. but who you have kids with is the single biggest decision you'll ever make. Well, we will need to have an app for that because it seems that a lot of us are failing miserably. <laughs> I mean, yeah, believe the red flags when you see them, man. And, and if your family's pointing them out, like I, I probably have three guys in my world right now, my cousin, me and one of them, who I knew it, I knew it, I could see it. And you try to warn them, you say, hey, man, that's a red flag. Oh, what? She, she's grabbing your phone and demanding to know, like all of, uh, like wants to, have the code to your phone and see and, 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 and hawk over you all the time. That's an insecurity. That's a problem. That's, that's not cool. That's not, Oh, she just loves me. No, no. These are bad things. Like um, it's, it's a lack of respect. Uh, if she tries to alienate you from your friends, she comes into your life and wants to divide you from all the other people who've been very big in your life. That's a red flag. 
uh, vice versa. I'm not just picking on women here, but this is just purely my experience. Uh, if they don't share your values, um, you know, what, what's important to them? Are they more materialistically minded? Uh, do, do, like what's, what makes them tick? Um, you know, they always say you're, you're, you're God, you know, it's what you think the most about and what you talk, what you, you spend most of your time talking about and thinking about and sacrificing for. And, and if it's something that's totally not in alignment with what your goals are in life, find somebody else. I don't care what you think is good for you. Like, God, I just don't know why men can't think better for themselves and women too. Like they do the same thing. They just run into these dysfunctional relationships and then, and then you have kids and now your kids are stuck in this mess. So just walk away, man. Just walk away. From my, from my experience, I had the red flags as big as Chinese, but I had rose glasses too. And somehow it didn't compute to be as red. Yeah. Now, now, now you know, post factum, yeah, we, we, we learn it too little, too late. We want to be accepted. We want to be loved, right? We want to feel like there's somebody out there in this world and there's this person who they, you know, they think about what a first date is like. It's like, it's like the fake me meets the fake you and our two fake people have this fake relationship for a little while until it all falls apart, right? Because when you meet the person, they're dressed up really nice, the hair is the best, they smell the best, they're putting on the best everything and that's the package you're buying. And then we suffer from a problem called like a- attribution. So we love the wrapping paper so much that we start to attribute qualities. Everything we want is in that box. And then we like, yes, I'm by the box. And you don't stop for a second to have the critical, do, do like the scientific method of having a critical, uh, the, the, the critical mind and say, all right, is this really good for me? And be able to walk away from it because you know you are a guy who has options to exercise. Most people feel like, oh, I've got no options. Like, this is it. This is, she's, this is the one that wants me. I have to go for it. No, no. The problem is, is that, you know, I was really young. I was 25 when I got married. And, and uh, you know, like, that's young, man, you know. Likewise. Divorced at 30, you know, so. Likewise. <laughs> no, 27, 27, I think. No. You're, you're, you're 27? No, I was 27 when oh, I got married. Okay. I had my kid at 30. Um, <laughs> no, I'm 30. I'm about to turn 36. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then you've, you've, you've been going through it. Married at 20. Yeah, it's at the 20s, man. I don't know. It's. It's, it's, it's getting harder for, for men. I think men are, um, you know, it, it used to be, you could expect that you, you meet a girl in college and you get married a couple of years out. Not anymore. I think the days of Instagram, it's like guys have got no shot in their twenties. Everybody wants all these girls who are really young, but the, the, the Instagram life has made them say, well, I want to, I want to go marry that guy. Who's, uh, who's already well-established 35, you know? And, and, uh, so it, it causes some problems with these young these young guys today. Right. And uh, do you want to do a shout out to your app and stuff like that? Uh, so Yeah, yeah. So so our handles are, are uh, at BeFair, uh, B-E-F-A-Y-R. And FAIR is actually an acronym. It stands for Family Advocacy is Your Responsibility, F-A-Y-R. Um, so yeah, uh, at BeFair is our handle on, on Facebook, Instagram. Um, and uh, and then you can go to fair.com and learn more about the app. And I, you know, I... I if I had thought about it, I would have come up with a special code for you guys to any of your listeners to get a 20% discount. Maybe we'll do that. All right. Well, we'll do that. We'll come up with that and I'll put in the show notes and anybody who downloads it with that uh, discount code can get 20% off uh, the co-parenting app. Thank you, Michael, for taking the time to be on this particular podcast. I appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners appreciate it too. I will put all the links to your app and also the discount code within the podcast description and also in our website so listeners who are listening in can check out your app and your website and so on now i would like to remind everyone that our goal here is to share knowledge with you guys and show that you're not alone in this with that said if you need specific legal advice please get your own independent advice from a qualified legal practitioner if you're a minor or if you happen to have difficulties in understanding certain parts within this episode please approach a responsible adult or someone knowledgeable in these topics and ask them for clarifications We have done our best to make sure that it doesn't offend anyone. And if you have further questions or comments or feedback regarding Find My Parent or this interview, you can always email me at sk at findmyparent.org. If you're someone who got separated from your own parent and would like to find your parent again, please go to findmyparent.org and fill out your details. With the help of our smart algorithms and matching technology, we hope to help you find your alienated parent again. If you're part of an NGO, 
or even a private company passionate about this topic, please reach out through the contact us page and findmyparent.org. And we hope to work together with you. All right, folks, that's it for this week. Speak to you next week. Take care. Till then. Double!